Good morning. I greet each of you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Ben, for leading our singing this morning. And Steve for devotional thoughts and your announcements there. And Brother Riley for teaching Sunday school. Very good Sunday school lesson. Uh, I saw Riley here this morning. I thought, oh boy, Riley and Katharina get to hear the same message twice in a row. Last Sunday I was at Shenandoah. And uh, sorry about that, Riley and Katharina. The good news is they're both pastor's children and they're used to it. So it happens a lot. I've entitled the message this morning, A Name Above Every Name. And we already read the text up front here from Philippians chapter 2. And we want to think about uh, a name above every name, which of course is the name of Jesus. And my text is in Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 11, but you need not turn there now. I want to give some introductory thoughts first. How important is the meaning of names? Most of us uh, know that when you think about our names, they have a meaning to them. Most of us have a Names that were all of us have names that were giving given to us our our parents assigned them to us We didn't get to choose our names and they simply were we From a very young age. We learned what our names were and our parents gave them to us Some of us like our names. Some of us don't like our names so much It's it's actually a very interesting thought Uh, My guess would be that that most of us would not choose the name that our parents gave to us if we got to choose our own name. So it's probably good that our parents get to to pick our names for us. Uh, My oldest brother, his name is Earl, and he told me a number of years ago, he said, I I just never liked my name, never never cared for it. He said, I think what contributed to it when I was a young boy, I was riding with dad down in Lancaster County and they saw a road sign, something Earl Township, he said, look, there's my name. And my dad said, yeah, that's where we got your name. Now, whether my dad was teasing or not, I don't know. But he said, I just never liked my name. They got it off of a township and off of a road sign in Lancaster County. And I said, well, you can be fortunate because there's also an East Earl. Good they didn't name you East Earl. And actually, in that era, Earl was a very popular name. And it's a European name. It's nothing, uh, nothing strange about the name. But he never... Uh, liked his name. Hopefully we are all content at least with the names that our parents have given to us. Meanings of names are very interesting and intriguing as well and it's oftentimes a name we subconsciously attach a person's character to a name. Uh, for, for example, my, my newest grandson, uh, Ted and Roe had a, had a baby boy, and they named him Matthias, which caught me off guard. I don't, I don't know of another. I knew some Matthiases like years ago, but Matthias, okay, Bible name, uh, nice name. I'm, it's, a, it's a nice Bible name to name a, name a little boy. And my daughter said, when she heard it, she said, well, I'm going to have to work through this. And I said, why? She said, well, remember years ago, the guy that rented our house, that was his name, and he never paid his rent. And so you subconsciously, you, you attach things to people's names and, and what have you. And this, this morning we're thinking about a name above every name, and we're thinking about, the, uh, thinking about Jesus. And I mentioned earlier, like all our names have meanings, you, and 
especially today, I think parents, when they name their children, they're thinking about the meaning of the name. When you, and when you look at the meanings of the name Jesus, it's amazing. There's just so many of them, and they're all so appropriate, and, and uh, you could preach a whole, whole message on that. So names are important, but a person's character is much more important. Proverbs 22.1 says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. And in Ecclesiastes 7.1, it says, A good name is better than precious ointment. And as humans, we all desire good names for ourselves, I believe. And you can ask the question, is that wrong? Uh, a woman, is she's very pleased if, if she's known far and wide for her good cooking skills or a, a teacher for being a good teacher. Uh, whether a person's farming or in the building industry or an electrician or a plumber, no matter what you're doing, it's wonderful if people say, oh, he's good, he's really, that person is, you know, they really know what they're doing and uh, they're, they're very good and it gets attached to, to your name. I have a, a guy that does some auto body work for me from time to time and does a really good job and many years ago I had an old pickup truck and I said to him, uh, I, I just, just want this rust patched up a little bit, don't, I don't want to spend a lot of money, nothing fancy, just just patch this up. I think at that time you had to have it patched up to pass inspection, which they no longer care about very much. But he said, no, I, I won't do it. And I said, what? He said, no, I, I'm not going to do a sloppy job and, and, uh, and then have, have you tell people that I did that for you. Uh, I'd rather not do it. I'm not, not interested in it. And so he was protecting his name and his, and his business, which makes perfect sense. Well, in, turn with me to... In, Let's go to Matthew chapter 20. In Matthew chapter 20, we have a very interesting story where uh, Salome asked Jesus if her sons, uh, James and John, could sit beside him when he comes into his kingdom. She says, Jesus, could my sons, could James and John, one sit on the one side and the other one sit on the other side of you when you come into your kingdom? And actually... That is, if, if we're honest with ourselves, that is human nature on display. Uh, sometimes we read that and we can be critical of her and say, what are you thinking? But the truth is, we all long for our children's to have good names. And we, we want ourselves, as a, we ourselves, we, wanna, we want to be thought of in a good way. And we want to have a good name for ourselves. And so Salome is just saying, Jesus, hey, how about this? How about... You know, one of my sons on the one side of you and, a, and another one on the other side of you. And Jesus' response to Salome uh, in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 25, And Jesus called, unto, called them unto him and said, ye know, not the princes of, ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister or your servant. And in verse 27, and whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even so, as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And so here Jesus lays out that in the spiritual kingdom, it's totally different than what we're used to in this world. 
And what we're used to in this world is actually rooted in our old nature. In, in human nature is where this whole thing comes from of, of being somebody and, uh, and having a name for ourselves. And now I, I want to be careful. I want to have balance because we should, we should have a desire to have a good name for ourselves and we should live a life that we do have a good name for ourselves, but we should not be proud of it and we should not uh, put, a lot of, put a lot of credit in having uh, a good name for ourselves. Now let's go to Philippians chapter 2 to our text for this morning. A name above every name. And I'm going to use uh, verses 5 through 11. Maybe, actually, let me start with verse 4. Verse 4 says, Philippians 2, 4, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Now, this ties in perfectly with our Sunday school lesson this morning. And it was very appropriate that Raleigh read this portion of Scripture but uh, the Bible here making it very clear that we should not just selfishly look at our own things. It doesn't say we shouldn't look at our own things. It doesn't say that. Look not every man on his own things. In, I think if we put it in modern English, you would say only. Don't just look at our own things. But every man also on the things of others is the way I would understand this verse. And so, yes, it's important that we have a good name, but it's, it's more important that we serve others and that we're concerned about others. A name above every name. And I want to, the points I have this morning, I have five points. And the first one is a powerful name, a sacrificial name, a conquering name, an exalted name, and a saving name. And since we already read the text together, I'm going to not read it again. I'm going to pull my points from it and uh, go through the, the five points that I have. And the first one is a powerful name. And when you think about a powerful name, a name above all names, the name of Jesus, there's no name more powerful than his. When I was a child, I had a, a neighbor, uh, had a farm, and his name was King Leffler. I don't know if anybody, no one named their child King recently, but his name was King Leffler. And we used to go over there swimming. He had a quarry on the farm, swimming and ice skating sometimes in the winter. Anyways, King had a brother, Carlos. Now some of you are saying, oh, you probably didn't know King Leffler, but you know Carlos Leffler. Carlos R. Leffler built a big fuel empire in our area, especially, and based out of Richland, PA. And then later developed... Uh, the CR mini markets, which probably none of them exist anymore. They got sold out, or at least I believe most of them have and what have you. But Carlos built quite a, a business. And towards the end of his, the last five, ten years of his business, I know he had his own helicopter. He'd fly over the farm. I'm out in my little farm getting my cows in, and there goes Carlos to work or coming home. I'm like, whoa, this guy really has something going on here. He had quite, a, quite an operation, and you could say he had a very powerful name. Everybody, Carlos R. Leffler, everybody in the community knew who that was, and when you thought of that, you thought of money and very successful and what have you. You could go on and on of, of uh, what he had developed, and that was, that was about 40 years ago, 
And now, if you go into, uh, Carlos is gone, his wife's gone, and, uh, and his one son-in-law is gone. You go into uh, uh, the, the mini markets were sold out. I think the, the C.R. Leffler fuel thing might exist. It was sold to, to some degree. But if you go into Richland, where he was, his office complex was, there's now Little, Martin, Little Mountain Archery, and there's uh, another uh, rental business operates out of there, and that was sold. And it's like, in 40 years' time, it's just like gone. It's like, what happened? Where, and I, I think back, like, wow, 40 years' time. He also had a, built a really nice house outside of uh, Richland. At that time, 40 years ago, I thought, wow, a mansion. Now you look at it, it doesn't look so much like a mansion anymore. But now a Mennonite family owns it, and they have greenhouses beside it. And it's like, uh, just things look totally, totally different. This world has seen so many people, national leaders uh, with very powerful names, some good, some bad, and they have gone off the scene. And many of them not remembered anymore. Some of the, the real popular, famous ones were remembered, but many of them uh, barely remembered anymore. There was this, uh, the king of France was uh, back in the 1700s was called Louis the Great, and he was the longest reigning ruler of any country. Louis the Great ruled France, and he was also known as the Sun King from 1643 until his death in 1715. So he reigned for like 72 years. And uh, he was this well-known uh, leader. At his funeral, they had his casket set in front of the church with one big candle lit above the casket, and the rest of the church was dark. And the preacher preached his message or whatever, and then he went over and he snuffed out the candle, signifying that the life of uh, Louis the Great had been uh, extinguished. And now the church is plunged into darkness. And as the story goes, when the church got dark, somebody called out from the darkness. Now remember, he was called Louis the Great. When the church got dark, somebody called out, only God is great. And how true that is, only God is great. No one else should be called Louis the Great or what have you, but only God is great. And even the life of Louis the Great came to an end. Only God is great. Men of this world can claim greatness and power for just a short time, such a short time. Uh, and and I th when I think of this, I think about things that I know that I learned as a child that today, if, uh, if I say to you guys that are younger, most of you, not all of you, but most of you that are younger, Maybe all of you this morning, I'm not sure, probably all of you. But there, there are things that, that I marveled at as a young person that today, if I, I, I talk to younger people about it, that they would have no idea. And people that were, in my mind, very great. For example, uh, Ed Nault uh, lived in a beautiful house down at New Holland, invented the knotter for the New Holland bailer. And I grew up, I was like, wow, Ed Nult. And he, he collected royalty off of every New Holland baler that was built. And I was friends with his grandson. And he was just a, 
He was a renowned man, had a lot of money, gave a lot of money to churches and schools that were being built, Christian schools and things, was known for, for giving, being a real giver. And uh, today, just a, just a few generations later, I, I say to most of you, who's Ed Nolt? You know, Ed Nolt, who's that? I don't know, Ed Nolt. He was here just a short 40, 50 years ago, and now he is off the scene, and the great accomplishments that he accomplished are just gone. You'll find it in a book somewhere, it's in a library. Marion's relative, what was Joe Shirk to you? A great-great-grandpa or great-great-uncle or something? Joe Shirk invented a, the first revolver. There was never anything like a revolver, and he invented a revolver, and he was riding on a train going wherever, many years ago, and the guy, beside, guy, he's sitting beside a guy, and he's sitting there fiddling with his revolver, and the guy sitting beside him said, what's that? He said, oh, I, I made this to shoot rabbits. And he's like, you made it to shoot rabbits? Yeah. He said, yeah, I can put like, was it five or six shells in this thing, and I can bang, 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 shoot rabbits. Before that, there was just single shot guns. And the guy says, well, that's amazing. He said, could I, uh, uh, is it patented? And he's like, no. He says, well, could, you should get it patented. I'll, you know, or I'll, I'll buy a patent from you. Or I'll, can I buy the rights from you? To, no. No, this Mennonite farmer said, I have nothing. I ain't going to patent it. I don't care if you know what you do with it or whatever. Anyways, the man sitting beside him was Mr. Colt. Thus the Colt revolver. And uh, Mr. Shirk, you can buy a book and read the story. And Mr. Shirk says, after I seen all the, all, uh, how the revolver was used and how many people died from it and what have you, he, he regretted ever making it. But a very uh, famous individual. And the list goes on and on and on. People who have made a name for themselves and a short time later, they're, they're gone. Jesus... The name of Jesus is the name above all names, and Jesus, the name will never, ever be diminished. The power will always be here. There's, not, there's no one that has ever come close. Jesus created the world, spoke it into, into existence, and then he changed the course of history. He came and gave his life. And, uh, and so he maintains power over disease, death, hell, and the grave. The name of Jesus is just above every, every name. His power has never been diminished. And someday, soon, everybody will feel that power because in our text this morning it says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Everyone no one is excluded. So we're thinking about the power of the name of Jesus. It's incredible. Secondly, uh, it's a sacrificial name. Jesus sacrificed all the glories of heaven where the angels waited on him hand and foot, where the saints sang praises to him all the time, holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, the highest of heaven became the lowest of earth, and he sacrificed his own life and suffered so that you and I could have life. 
In Philippians uh, chapter 2, let me read verse 8. It says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. How awful in the sight of God is the sin of mankind that the only remedy was for God to send his own son into this world to give his life so that we could have life. A sacrificial name no one ever has and no one ever will live sacrificially like Jesus did to the degree that Jesus did. Amazing, just amazing with what he had and he laid it all down for you and I. Truly is a sacrificial name. Thirdly, it's a conquering name. Jesus never, ever, ever lost a battle. Never. Satan took Jesus into the wilderness and tempted him there. And Jesus came out of the wilderness a victor. You read through the New Testament and through the Gospels, and men were constantly seeking to destroy Jesus in debates. Constantly. Scribes and the Pharisees, they came after Jesus and they were trying to trap him. And they were trying to destroy him. And Jesus always walked away a victor. You can never read through the, through the Gospels and say, boy, they got him there. Uh-uh. No, Jesus is a conquering name. Men took Jesus and nailed him to that Roman cross. And they thought well, they, finally, they finally had victory. No. A few days later, Jesus arose. They went to the tomb and the tomb was empty. Jesus was the victor. Jesus was the conqueror. Jesus always conquers. And there's something else that Jesus always conquers or has the, has the power to conquer. And that is Jesus is the only one that can conquer the old nature that is embedded deep within you and I. He's the only one. No one else. People in this world look for peace and contentment. They look for salvation in a lot in many of the wrong places. Only in Jesus can a person find true deliverance. There's no other place. Only in Jesus. And I marvel. I one of the things I enjoy doing is reading people's personal testimonies. And I, I marvel at the the ways and, and uh that people are looking for peace and joy in their lives and how they look at they look in all the wrong places and many times because they're they're ignorant they don't know any better but sometimes even people who were were brought up in a christian family and and those of us who are christians here this morning that we're honest probably before we were converted we were looking at at wrong places too there's so many wrong places a person can look to find what only Jesus can give a person. And this goes along well with our, our Sunday school lesson this morning. Have you, have I, been conquered by Jesus? He is the true conqueror. And the answer to that question is really simple, actually. Has Jesus conquered my old nature? Is he truly, have, have, has he been the conqueror in my life? 
The answer to that question is, is a lot easier maybe than we, than we think it would be. And that is, here it is really quick, a conqueror will always control. If a conqueror, if a king goes in and may, wages war against another city and he conquers it, if he truly conquered it, he's going to control it. A king, a conqueror will control it. And so if you and I have been conquered by King Jesus, if we've, and, and yes, we have a part in it. We need to surrender to him and, and uh, allow him to conquer us. And if he does that, the evidence will be in the fact that he now controls us. And in Romans 8.14, it makes it very clear. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so if you're not led by the Spirit of God, you haven't been conquered by God, and you're not serving God. He truly is the conqueror. He is a conqueror. And we as his children are so grateful that he, when we went to him, surrendered to him, that he conquered us and gives us power over our old nature. Fourth point, an exalted name. It wasn't Joseph and Mary that gave Jesus an exalted name. No, his father did. A name like no other. Do you remember twice in the New Testament where God from heaven spoke and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. What his baptism and on the mountain uh, twice. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. He gave him an exalted name. And we have it recorded in scripture here in Philippians that there is no name like the name of Jesus. It is an exalted name. Here a few months ago, uh, back at the beginning of March, I believe it was, Alex Murdahl was in South Carolina, was sentenced to two life terms prison sentences for, he was a, a there was a well-known, the Murdahls were well-known in the community there, and it was just a national thing. It was all over the news for a couple weeks during the trial. I think the trial lasted like three weeks, and he was, he had stolen from his clients. He had stolen from his law partners, but it, but Alex Murdoch, his, his father, his grandfather, and his great-grandfather were all well-known attorneys in this city. And so they're just a well-known family. And suddenly, all his crimes caught up to him. And, and lastly, he was accused of and sentenced for murdering his son and his wife. And it all stemmed from this and, and uh, drug abuse and what have you. But I saw a picture in the news of him being led out of the courtroom in handcuffs, going to prison for the rest of his life. And just a few, a few short years ago, he was part of a well-known family, a well-respected family, and he went from being somebody, so to speak, to being nobody, and, and led off to prison. That, is, that picture is a total opposite of Jesus. Jesus came into this world born to the Virgin Mary, born in a stable, and developed a name for himself, a name that is above all names, sacrificed his life so that we could have life. Just the total opposite. Reminds me of uh, when you think about Jesus having, having an exalted name. It reminds me of... Uh, 
of Joseph's brothers when they were uh, starving and their father said, you gotta, we gotta go to Egypt for food. And they went there and they found uh, their brother who they didn't realize at first was their brother, but there was Joseph. And Joseph had in his hand power to give or to not give. And they had to bow down to their brother Joseph who they mistreated so badly because he now had an exalted name. And the truth of us is that we all, in our sinful nature, we were, we were not kind to Jesus. We were, not, we were fallen creatures. And, but yet the, the, the remedy for the problem that we found ourselves in was found in the very one that mankind mistreated and, and abused in so many ways, and we all had a part in that because we also have a fallen nature. And we need to go back to Jesus because he is the exalted one. He is the one that is now totally in control, and it is there in that exalted name, the name of Jesus, that we find deliverance. And lastly, a saving name. In Romans 10:13, the scripture says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. It doesn't say might be saved. It doesn't say could be saved. The scripture says shall be saved. And I am 64 years old, I think. And I have never, never have I seen somebody who with an honest heart went and called in the name of Jesus and Jesus didn't save them. Never happens. Never will not happen. Whosoever will call in the name of Jesus, desiring salvation, will be saved. It's just amazing. He is, there is salvation in his name and in his name only. A person, people make the mistake. People call on their own goodness. They call on their, their good works. They call on their traditions or religion, and there's no salvation in it. Absolutely none. There is, only Jesus has a saving name, and the person that calls on his name, confessing their sins, will experience salvation. You know, there's so much, so much good about anabaptism. There really is. And there's, there's, I think that uh, the Anabaptists have have uh, so many things going. We have so many things going for ourselves, and we have a, a good understanding of the Scripture taught to us by our fathers and our grandfathers and what have you. And and we take the Sermon on the Mount literally. We say this applies to us. This can be lived out, and and we live by the book, and it's good. There's, I, I'm so thankful I'm an Anabaptist, but there's also in the, you don't have to go very far in Anabaptism to find legalism and to find horrible things. And uh, people, people get uh, sidetracked. Only the name of Jesus is, can, can save a person. Only a personal relationship with him and I preached this message at Shenandoah last Sunday, like I said, and talked with somebody there after church.
and they, they work for a, a very conservative uh, horse and buggy Mennonite group, Central PA somewheres, and, and he said, yeah, the church is having all kinds of problems, and, and uh, families were leaving. The one guy, his boss had to, got excommunicated, actually, because a tree fell over his driveway in a storm, and he borrowed the neighbor's chainsaw to cut it up. And they said, either you make a confession or you get excommunicated. We're not allowed to use chainsaws. And so he got excommunicated. And there was other, they had all kinds of problems in the church. And they had a, they had a new uh, ordination and they, they are called a new leader to lead the church. And one of the first things he did was he said, okay, the brims on the men's hat, the, the, the rule was two inches. He said, now it's three and a half. Got to go to three and a half. And that is so ridiculous. There is no salvation. There is absolutely no, there, to put any kind of confidence in something like that is really, really sad. The name of Jesus is an exalted name. It's a powerful name and it's a sacrificial name. And it's only there that anybody can find any saving grace is in the name of Jesus, is with a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. Call upon Jesus, and there we will find salvation. He is a, has a name that is above all names, and he is mighty to save. And this morning, it would be uh, very interesting if we would all take turns coming up here and sharing our personal testimonies. And those of us who are born again, we could, we could say, yes, then it's in Jesus that's where we find salvation. It's in a personal relationship with Jesus. When I put my faith and trust in him, confess my sins to him, and he saved me, that's where this joy that I can't even describe settled into my heart and my soul. And I love him and I want to live my life for him. It's the name of Jesus is an exalted name, and that is where we find salvation. There's a verse in Isaiah 45, 22 that says this. It says, look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. And so I know for a fact that a lot of us have found salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that and it's totally amazing. And it's, it's the only place that a person can find salvation. And his name is a name that is above all names. There's no, there's no other name higher than the name of Jesus. And it's also true that if a person is to be saved, they, that we need to put our faith and trust and confidence in Jesus. And he will give us the power to live the Christian life. And so this morning, if there's anybody here who does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, has not put your faith, trust, and confidence in Jesus, I'm here to tell you from the authority of the scriptures that there is no name above, there is no name above the name of Jesus, and salvation will be found in no one else. And the stark warning that our text brings out this morning to us is that it makes it very clear in... in uh, Philippians chapter 2, it says that, in verse 10, it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, 
and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Because the truth is that if a person doesn't do that on this side of eternity, willingly, voluntarily, surrender to Jesus, allow him to conquer our lives, if we don't do that, this side of eternity, the scripture makes it very clear that one day, when you pass into eternity, that there, to your dismay, you will find yourself kneeling before Jesus, begging him for mercy, and you won't find it because it's too late. It is too late. You, did not, you were too stubborn and selfish to willingly serve him in life, and now you pass into eternity, and the truth is that every stubborn person, every person who rejected Jesus here in this life, they will, all, they will kneel before him and they will beg for forgiveness, but forgiveness won't be found because it's too late. And so every knee will, will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. It's our choice whether we're going to do it here or whether we're going to do it later to our eternal destruction. And that's just a, that's, is the gospel in a nutshell. And so my hope and prayer is that every one of us, that we have found a personal relationship with Jesus. And if you have not, please do it before it's too late. Please do it before it's too late. Uh, read the Bible. Uh, Talk to somebody who cares about you and, and uh, find a personal relationship with him. Allow him to conquer your old nature and then to be set free to serve him and to love him. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you this morning for the scriptures and I thank you for this portion of scripture in Philippians chapter 2 and just bringing out in such a neat way that there is no name above the name of Jesus. And Lord, help us to have a desire to have a good reputation and to have a, have a good name for ourselves. It's very important. But help us to recognize, Lord, that uh, a good name that we have here in this world is, is so fleeting and lasts for such a short time. But the, most, the best way we can have a good name for ourselves is to commit our life to you and to, to, because you have a name that's above all names, and to have a personal relationship with you, and then our good name and will be on the basis of your good name will allow us into eternity to spend eternity with you and all of our loved ones who have gone on before. Thank you for each one of my brothers and sisters here this morning, and just ask that you would bless us and give us courage and wisdom and love and compassion for others as we live each and every day of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Ben, if you would have a closing song, and then after that, you are dismissed. <laughs>